is Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome to the show. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Thursday, not Sam Thursday. Some people are still sending me suggestions for the name of this show. I feel like it's disrespectful. Thursday, not Sam Thursday. And this time... There's no random Thursday afternoon pay-per-view, which means we get the podcast out much earlier and you don't have to worry about any spoilers in the title. People still mad. Some people agree with me about the spoilers thing. I had no idea that when I put the show out on Monday, of all the takes that were scorching, scorching hot takes, that my opinion on spoilers would be the hottest take of them all. People sounding off in my Twitter and my email. I think I lost somebody on Patreon because of it. Hey, man, my opinions are my opinions. It happens. But I don't think, I mean, I haven't titled the episode yet. I'm going to title the episode as soon as we're done with the episode because who really knows what direction we'll go in today. But there's not going to be any spoilers because everything happened at least, you know, 18 hours ago or so. So... 18 hours in this world of wrestling is enough time. There's so much content that if you go 18 hours without watching something, you're just not going to see it because the next thing has already started is the problem. You don't have the catch-up time that you used to, and that's the pace that we are living at here at Not Sam Wrestling, especially on Thursday, Not Sam Thursday. Uh, Thanks to Corey Graves for doing the show on Monday, the big Monday franchise Not Sam Wrestling show. With our guest, Corey Graves, Uh, not only was he talking about uh, his podcast, After the Bell, but we got to travel with him. He was on the phone, and he took us and dictated what was going on as he got lost in his hotel, as he traveled to the lobby by leaving the hotel, going outside, back inside, meeting Michael Cole in the lobby, driving with Michael Cole to the arena, getting to the arena, putting his stuff down, getting the production meeting, the whole thing, the whole picture is painted as we discuss commentary and podcasting and Total Divas and everything else going on in the life of Corey Graves. So if you haven't heard that that interview, go ahead, head back over Monday show and give it a listen. Um, And it's interesting, and the reason I bring it up is because we talk about uh, Corey Graves and we talk about After the Bell, and he had... uh, Uh, Some things to say on After the Bell this week. He was fiery, uh, basically talking about all the rumors around the fact that the superstars of the WWE were in uh, Saudi Arabia about, I don't know, 24 hours longer, 30 hours longer than they were supposed to be. Uh, A couple of news sites published articles that were really more based on kind of what the rumors were. You know, I don't, I don't, there haven't been any official statements from anybody except sort of cryptic tweets that go along with the conspiracy theory. And I love the I love conspiracy theories. I love them just as much as anybody. The problem is, in my big working brain, I need evidence. I mean, I need somebody to tell me something. And there's plenty of things that I'm like, yeah, that's probably not true. And then somebody tells me something, even if it's privately, and I go, oh, I guess, I guess that thing was true. Huh. But, look... You know, when you talk about uh, the delayed flight that caused uh, the best SmackDown, certainly, well, I would say the best SmackDown since they've gone over to Fox. The first one was pretty good, but the best SmackDown in some time. Um, And really kind of got the ball rolling on this whole storyline of NXT and Raw and SmackDown going to war that we've seen play out for this entire week. Although I find it really odd that Raw and SmackDown are like their own team and NXT is facing both of them and they're both facing NXT. It doesn't feel like a a three-way war just yet. You know what I mean? Like you have Brock Lesnar quitting SmackDown and showing up on Raw just because, you know, they gave an explanation, but I didn't didn't like it. You know, again, I, I mean, I talked about it on Monday, but Brock Lesnar quitting SmackDown and showing up on Raw, the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. I don't like it. I think Raw should have to fight without a champion and have USA be upset about it. Um, But 
you know, I I would think some of the SmackDown superstars would be mad at that. How dare you, Brock Lesnar, abandon us? We're the A-show. Or, or have Raw people laughing at SmackDown people about the fact that they just lost one of their champions. And SmackDown people is going, yeah, well, we gained yours. And, you know, going back and forth a little bit between Raw and SmackDown. And maybe that'll start to develop over the next couple weeks. But there really hasn't been anything in terms of infighting between Raw and SmackDown yet. Just main roster, quote-unquote, because I know that's an offensive term now. Main roster, quote-unquote, versus NXT. But I brought up uh, uh, the Corey Graves podcast because Graves went on and he attributed what happened in Saudi Arabia with the planes being delayed to exactly what they were said to be, which is mechanical errors. And he's not claiming to know what those mechanical errors were. I haven't spoken to any superstars that are claiming to know what those mechanical errors were because let's be honest, if your plane isn't taking off due to mechanical error uh, due to due to a mechanical error and I'm talking about a commercial flight in an airport you don't know exactly what's wrong with the plane you just know what the lady in front of the gate tells you so the fact that uh Graves is sitting there saying not only that it was mechanical errors but he said that the the controversial second charter flight which like 20 people were on which I guess some people uh, in the WWE took offense to the fact that it said uh, in the press release that some superstars wanted to be at SmackDown so badly that they chartered their own jet. Uh, and, and people took offense to this and, uh, and kind of, again, nobody directly, but lots of cryptic tweeting about uh, you know locker room leaders and this and that. And look, I wasn't even close to being there, so I, don't, I have no idea what was happening. But Graves was critical of people saying they need to stop uh, bitching on Twitter, um, which I kind of, uh, you know, agree with. You know, I I, I mean, I guess I, I understand the premise of if I complain on Twitter about what's going on, then I have power because I've brought light to the situation. If I am public with my grievance, then I am now in a position of power because my grievance cannot be uh, dusty, cannot be pushed under a rug. We actually have to acknowledge what I've said because the whole world knows now. At the same time, you put the company that you're tweeting about in a defensive position. You've now established like that you're not looking to work with anybody. You're looking to fight. And, you know, companies, and I'm not talking about WWE, I'm not talking about wrestling, I'm talking about companies in general. If I go on Twitter and I say, here's what's wrong with Sirius, then, you know, Sirius is going to come to me and go, look, dude, are you actually trying to improve Sirius or are you trying to just rabble rouse? Because we don't really want to work with you if this is how you do business. So I absolutely get it from both sides. Um... He also said that the charter jet that came, it wasn't about WWE making sure the most important people got out of Saudi Arabia. It was about making sure the people who were advertised on SmackDown got out of Saudi Arabia. So it was about getting the people that were advertised on this show to be on the show for the ticket-buying public. And this uh, uh, theory, this urban myth that Vince McMahon kind of abandoned the talent, in reality, what had happened was... Vince McMahon was on the same schedule that he's always on, which is as soon as the bell rings, Vince is out the door, which I get it. I mean, if you don't know there's a mechanical error, let's just say, I'm not saying that this is the way it went down, but let's just say you don't know there's a mechanical error. Like I, I, I wouldn't expect, and I don't think you would either, Vince McMahon to not leave in his jet until he made sure that the other jet left. I think in hindsight, you could say he should have, but without knowing that that big plane wasn't going to leave with all your talent on it. You know, I don't I, I don't think that, that Vince is just sitting there waiting to make sure, well, no, 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 everybody leave before me. I'll make sure, like, who's going to do that? None of you guys are. So I thought it was really interesting that Corey Graves did kind of come to the company's defense on this one and went against some of the people that were complaining on Twitter. Uh, Natalia was on our show, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts, on SiriusXM this week. And I think I may air that interview uh, on Monday's podcast, unless everybody's already heard it. If you all already have SiriusXM and you've already heard it, hit me up, notsamwrestling at gmail.com, or tweet me at notsam, and I won't run it. But 
I think a lot of you guys don't have Sirius XM, and it was a pretty interesting interview. So I think I may run it on the podcast on Monday. Uh, but she also completely sold the fact that mechanical errors are what kept that plane on the ground and that she simply, like everybody else, got off the plane and waited for those mechanical errors to be solved. And that was really all there was to it. As far as that story goes, man, I love uh, I love the gossip. I love the theories. I'll read all of them. But until somebody I know who was there and who would know says, I know this is what happened and not, here's what probably happened, I don't know how seriously we could take it. You know what I mean? I don't know how seriously we could take it. Um. So you've got that. That was the that was a big. There were two big uh, this week internet uh, stories. That was the first one. The second one was Seth Rollins versus Dave Meltzer. Seth Rollins uh, had a, a Twitter war with Dave Meltzer, and it relates to what we were talking about. You know, a story came out that said. Uh, there was a, a locker room meeting on Monday Night Raw, and and, and Vince McMahon led it, and uh, I think it was first reported on Reddit, and then Dave Meltzer reported it too. Dave not saying, hey, here's what happened on Reddit, but Dave saying, I have heard this happen from one of my sources. And look, Dave Meltzer, to my knowledge, does not just make things up. You know what I mean? Like, he's not one of these guys who just showed up within the last year, all of a sudden has inside sources and clearly is making things up and accepting information from everywhere. Dave Meltzer set up a network for himself, uh, f- sources everywhere, uh, that he's managed to have a really significant career as a wrestling writer for you know decades now. So I don't think he's making things up, but as it turned out, he wrote this story and said, uh, and and that corroborated with what was said on Reddit that there was this meeting and Seth Rollins gave a rah-rah speech, which was reported to be uh, awkward. Now, again, uh, this definitely, it's weird when you read a story like this because it almost takes for granted that the conspiracy stuff about the wrestlers getting stuck is just true. Like, it's just definitely true. Which, you know, that's the thing about conspiracy theories is they're theories. Until you have hard evidence of something, it's a theory. Um, so Seth comes on Twitter and he calls Dave Meltzer a liar. He said, like, at worst, you're a vindictive liar and you spread misinformation and that, or, or maybe, and at best, you're just, you just spread misinformation, something like that. But he, he came at him hard. He called him a liar. Um, he said, uh, that he was not, there was no Seth, there was a meeting, Vince McMahon did lead it, but... The talent was invited to ask questions. Some talent did ask questions, and Seth Rollins gave no speech, no rah-rah, no nothing. It never happened. Uh, And Dave Meltzer ended up posting a retraction to the story, which I think is the right move on Dave Meltzer's part. If he was wrong, he was wrong. I think, you know, as as quote-unquote wrestling journalism, uh, kind of as, as that spectrum widens, and I've had my stance on wrestling journalism, and a lot of that stance on wrestling journalism is because there was so much of it. Because even if there are people who are going through the proper channels of getting information, there's a lot of people who aren't. There's a lot of people that, you know, would consider themselves uh, uh, wrestling writers and quote-unquote journalists and stuff like that that will take sources from anywhere, anonymous or not. Like an anonymous source doesn't have to be anonymous to the journalist. An anonymous source should probably be known by the journalist and just not by anybody else. The journalist is the one that keeps it anonymous. That way you know it's a reliable source. Um, I would imagine, and I would hope, that this is a case of, you know, Dave Meltzer being misinformed. I can't imagine that he would just go and make something that specific up. That would be crazy. And I would really hope that he wouldn't do that. I like that he retracted the story. Um... And I like that he apologized. But a lot of people were critical of Seth Rollins. And there's something about Seth Rollins. Every time this guy gets on Twitter and responds in a way that is keeping the same energy that he is given, 
People are very critical of it. People were critical of it when he called uh, AEW the minor leagues, even though Kenny Omega had specifically called NXT developmental only a couple weeks before that. Um, people were critical when he said that uh, he made the claim that they were the top wrestlers in the world and, and, and brought up how much money he was making, which, you know, it's not nice, but it's also not, you know, a crime of the century. And now people are critical that he is coming at Dave Meltzer specifically. I saw people saying, you know, this is a guy who should be above all that. He's the WWE's babyface poster boy, for God's sake. He should be above attacking Dave Meltzer. I get it. And then they go like, uh, I mean, I get it. I get that he should be above attacking Dave Meltzer. But should he above be above attacking Dave Meltzer? I mean... Most of the people criticizing Seth Rollins just talk shit on Twitter all day. And the minute that somebody that they talk it about says something back, they act like because this person is a high-profile person, they've crossed the line. And it's like, what? Like, if you go on Twitter and you talk smack and you and you crap on things and and you and you talk about this sucks and this person and that person or 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 you're critical of people or you're reporting what you think is news or whatever you're doing right and then somebody who's a high profile person comes back at you the way you came at them that's not an instance of somebody being inappropriate that's an instance of you bringing a knife to a gunfight if you don't want that kind of energy thrown back to you don't put it out there. You can avoid it entirely, you know? I think in an ideal world, of course, Seth Rollins, when they go low, he should go high. Seth Rollins should always be the bigger man, and, and you would like to think that the dirt sheets don't even penetrate Seth Rollins. That Seth Rollins is such a star that the things that people write and say about him, they're not even on his radar. He's just above it all, and he's moving on to the next thing. But social media has a way of bringing out the human in all of us. And, and it does bring Seth Rollins down from being a superstar to a human. I'll give you that. But I also don't think that we can criticize superstars for also being human because they're both things. Um, you know, and, 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 and I, I think this is part of the game. You know, I really, I like the idea that there's some fight in Seth Rollins, you know. I don't feel like we see a lot of fight in Seth Rollins on television. So when I turn on Twitter and I see some fight in him, then hell yeah. You know, when you have one of the the biggest commentators in the history of wrestling, good old JR, going on his podcast and saying maybe one day you'll be as over as your girlfriend, and then you're like, well, Seth Rollins really shouldn't be saying anything negative on social media. What is he supposed to do? He What is he, just a murder? What's he supposed to do then? So, you know, I don't mind it at all. I also don't think that quote-unquote journalists should be able to say whatever they want free of consequence with knowing that the person that they're talking about will never respond to it in a public way. I'm all for the truth. I'm all for the truth coming out. I, 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 transparency is good. Journalism is a good thing. Uh, a free society needs to have a free press and all that jazz. But if you are not correct about people, and there's the thing about Dave Meltzer is he's pretty powerful in his own right. And I think that Dave Meltzer ends up taking a lot of crap for the wrestling journalism industry as a whole. You know, I think that sometimes stuff is misreported on websites, and it all has a way of coming back to Dave Meltzer, whether he's actually responsible for it or not. I think that that's just part of being the top dog in the game. And that's not fair, but it's just a consequence of being as successful as Dave is. So, you know, and I think Dave did take responsibility for this, clearly. But at the same time, as much as Seth Rollins, well, he should be bigger than this because he's a superstar, you know, Dave Meltzer's got to realize that as the top dog in the wrestling news dirt sheet, and I say that without a derogatory connotation, dirt sheet game, Dave Meltzer's got a huge amount of responsibility. Whatever, people write news stories about what Dave Meltzer tweets. It's just his opinion on something. He's just watching a show and he tweets something and people make, they write a quote unquote news story and post it on their website. 
It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But if everybody's got to be aware of their positioning, then I think Dave's got to be aware of his positioning too and the fact that, you know, the onus is on him to be right. He just has to be right because he has developed a reputation that he has a huge audience of people that take whatever he says as gospel. Good or bad, it is what it is. And I think, you know, when you have stuff like that going on, you've got to be right. That's why I love the opinion game. That's why I'm not a journalist. That's why I'm a guy who just talks about this stuff and tells you how I feel about it. Because I know my opinions are always going to be right because they're mine. They came out of my brain. It's not an issue for me. Uh, we could talk about Raw. Seth Rollins coming out. We already talked about Brock Lesnar a little bit. Seth Rollins coming out and uh, uh, flirting with the idea of being in NXT. I liked Triple H's, you're either with me or you're against me. The Undisputed Era comes out. They get chased off by the OC. I like that. Then uh, Pete Dunne and a, a group of other NXT superstars come out and beat up the OC. I like that. Then the entire NXT gang gets chased off by Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, and R-Truth. Look. And Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan, too. And I, Eric Rowan is there for size. But let's be honest, Eric Rowan hasn't done anything since the draft. He had the one match with Seth Rollins. But he hasn't done anything on Raw. So the idea of Eric Rowan, it's not the same Eric Rowan as was main eventing with Roman Reigns on SmackDown, that's for sure. But realistically, I mean, the shot, the, the hero shot is on Zack Ryder. That's crazy to me. You got a lot of talent in that Raw locker room. I'm okay if Zack Ryder comes out, but maybe we don't put the hero shot on him. You know what I mean? Because I don't see anybody in NXT running away from Zack Ryder. Sorry. Um... <laughs> You know, I, I I thought that the crowd, uh, I, I liked that uh, Adam Cole got another chance to shine. Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins. Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, it was a big week for Adam Cole. Um, I thought that, uh, uh, that that was good, uh, the inclusion of NXT. But look, I mean, we go back, we watch Raw, and we watch NXT. And it goes back to my theory that I said the reason SmackDown was so good. And that's because there was something happening in every segment. It wasn't just the invasion. Every single segment was must-watch. You felt like if you went to the bathroom, you would miss something. And Raw, good matches, whether it was, you know, uh, the six-man tag with the Street Profits and Umberto, whether it was uh, uh, Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander, whether, I mean, any of that stuff. It's like good matches, but does it matter who wins? You know what I mean? Like, does it matter... Uh, like, is there a difference between this match and the last match from last week? I don't know. I think we need an injection of story into each and every segment, in my opinion. Uh, on every wrestling show, not just WWE, every wrestling show, there should be a reason for every single segment. Hey, guys, bear with me for a second. Actually, you know, it may take more than a second. My performance has improved. My performance has been maximized, if you will. My performance has never been better. I know a lot of you, physically, it's tough. Mentally, you get stimulated because wrestling's on the TV. There's so much wrestling. It's so exciting. It's amazing. But physically, it's exhausting. It's tiring. You don't have that much time in the day for anything else. Luckily, you can go back to the days when you were always ready to go. You know, when wrestling was only on an hour a week. And physically, you weren't fatigued. No more. No more. It'll be like you were never fatigued at all. And you're going to get the confidence that you've been lacking. That's what it's all about. Going up into that bedroom and knowing, knowing that you are going to give your partner the thrill of their lifetime. That's what the confidence is all about. And if you don't have that confidence right now, if you don't know that you are going to give your partner the thrill of a lifetime, if you don't know if physically you're going to be able to be up to snuff, if you will. Then BlueChew.com is the place to go. It's BlueChew, like the color blue, that brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Anytime, day or night, they work up to twice as fast as a pill because they're chewable. You can take them on a full stomach. You can take them on an empty stomach. If you can benefit from extra function, 
If you could benefit from more confidence, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance that performance. Trust me when I tell you, you are going to leave them not only satisfied, but begging you for more. And when they beg you for more, you don't have to sheepishly say, I don't know if I can give you what you need. When they beg you for more, you can give them more. You know why? Because you keep chewing on Blue Chew. You'll be able to perform until they're passed out asleep. It'll make you feel like a million bucks. You will wake up like the king of the castle, okay? See, Blue Chew is prescribed online, and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor visit. There's no waiting in a pharmacy. There's no awkwardness. And they're made in the USA. Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. It's unbelievable. Look, guys, as much as I do, as busy as I am, I have two children, okay? And they were conceived naturally. How do you think I do that? I have performance enhancers. You know what those performance enhancers are? I'll give you a hint. They're blue and you can chew them. Blue Chew! Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment for free. I'm going to give you free Blue Chew just for listening to the show when you use promo code ROBERTS, R-O-B-E-R-T-S. Just pay $5 shipping when you go to bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ROBERTS, and try it for free. Uh, The crowd in Long Island was R.I.P., deceased, uh, you know, rest in peace to the audience uh, in Long Island, New York, uh, as they were watching Raw. And, you know, I usually, I don't really blame crowds it's tough in any art, whether it's a, whether it's music, whether it's sports, whether it's wrestling, whether it's comedy. You know, if if you're a comedian and nobody in the audience laughs, you know, it might be a bad night, might be a coincidence, might just be something wasn't clicking in the room. But at the end of the day, you got to know how to make them laugh. You know what I mean? So I have a tough time just blaming the crowd, although they definitely should have been more active in uh, in the Seth Rollins Adam Cole match. But I guess that's just part of having a three-hour Raw. I thought the Seth Rollins-Adam Cole match was good. I thought all the Brock Lesnar-Rey Mysterio stuff was good. I loved that they built it over the course of about an hour and a half when finally Rey Mysterio jumped Brock Lesnar with the lead pipe, throwing Dio through the table. All that stuff was good. Opening segment of Raw was good. You know, and and of course, the, the not only the Rollins-Adam Cole match, but that NXT invasion where the hero of the day, Zack Ryder, came in. Loved that too, except for the Zack Ryder part. Um, so yeah, I mean, highlights for sure. Um, as far as Seth Rollins joining NXT, you know, I don't think so. I think that it's one of those things that uh, we can flirt with the idea. You know, no, I don't want to see Seth Rollins go full heel. I was going to say it would be interesting to see Seth Rollins join NXT and then lose and have to win back the WWE, the Raw locker room. Because, you know, I'm obsessed with the idea of, of Seth Rollins having to rebuild himself. The architect needs to re-architect himself. That's what I'm waiting for. Um, so that would be a way to do it, but I think it would it would require him to turn heel, and I don't think Seth Rollins should turn heel. I just think he should be a broken person, you know? If it's going to be him and NXT, I think NXT should should beat him, if it, whether it's Adam Cole or whoever. The only matches we have for Survivor Series confirmed, Triple Threat Tag Team Title Match, Revival, Viking, Raiders, Undisputed Era, which, by the way, you look at, at both these matches, really, and you see what an impact NXT has made in WWE because those are three, ultimately, NXT teams, and they're going to tear it up. And then the women's match, too. You've got... Bailey versus Becky versus Shayna. Generational NXT women's talent. Ironically, Becky is the only one in that group that never won the NXT Women's Championship. But NXT has evolved. NXT has changed. Um, you know, and it and it and it begs the question: Would the NXT superstars of the past be able to hang with the NXT superstars of the present? I guess that's part of the theme of Survivor Series to me. Uh, both those matches, I think, are going to be awesome. Um, you know, it'll, it'll, it, I think they'll both be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm assuming... So we know that, oddly, the WWE Championship match is going to be Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. So that's not brand warfare. Um, 
I don't know if they're going to try to do another Seth Rollins versus The Fiend match. It certainly doesn't seem like that. There was no reference to Seth Rollins and The Fiend. Uh, could be Roman Reigns and The Fiend. Could be an NXT star. You know, it might be, might be a fun move to throw uh, either Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa in there with The Fiend. You know, because he could squash one of them. It would mean something. They would have a good match. They'd be able to recover because we can separate them. And then... The Fiend's got another month or two before he's got to come up with a new opponent. So I think that could be good. Um, but, yeah. And, and I loved uh, the OC popping up on, on NXT. You know, and that end shot with Finn Balor and AJ Styles face-to-face. Now, again, I don't think the OC should be joining NXT. I don't think Finn Balor should join them. I would like to see uh, an AJ Styles versus Finn Balor rematch. You remember Survivor Series, it was like two or three years ago. They had that impromptu match when Bray Wyatt, it was supposed to be Jack-O-Lantern, I think uh, the Pumpkin Spice Demon, Finn Balor, versus Sister Abigail. And Bray Wyatt was off the show. It was the same night, I think Roman Reigns was off that show too, because of sickness. And they replaced him at the last minute with AJ Styles. And AJ Styles and Finn Balor tore the house down. And it was the only match they've had in WWE. So I'd like to see at Survivor Series a singles match, personally, between AJ Styles and... And the Demon Finn Balor. Actually, it shouldn't be the Demon Finn Balor because he's a heel now. So AJ Styles versus Finn Balor, I think, would be great at Survivor Series. And now I think it would fit right in with Brand Warfare. Um, You know, I and it's while we're talking about NXT, not only was the OC being there great, but I thought... Uh, I like the story that's being told with Dakota Kai. I like it. I think it, it does end with her getting some edge. Uh, but you can't argue it. I mean... There's nobody on that NXT women's team. The NXT uh, women's war games team. We don't know who the third person Shayna Baszler is going to pick is. We know it's Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and a third person. I mean a fourth person. Versus Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, and we find out last night it's Mia Yim. Now, Dakota Kai, who is in a tag team with Tegan Knox called Team Kick, she gets not invited to SmackDown, and Rhea Ripley is all of a sudden Tegan Knox's tag team partner. And then you go to War Games, and Tegan Knox is on the team, but Rhea Ripley chooses uh, uh, Mia Yim, who is great, over Dakota Kai. This is very, very clear to me. Tegan Knox is the worst tag team partner of all time. Tegan Knox could not care less about Dakota Kai. Oh, you're on your own then, buddy. I got a new tag team partner here. I got Rhea Ripley. And then, oh, no, I got these three partners. What do I need you for? I mean, it's like Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, they knew each other in grade school, right? And they knew each other through middle school, right? And then they go to high school, and the cool kids go, hey, Tegan Knox, you could sit with us. And the two of them walk over to the table, and they go, not you, Dakota Kai. And Tegan Knox looks at Dakota Kai, and she shrugs her shoulders, and she goes, sorry. And now Dakota Kai has to go sit in the te- outside of her teacher's classroom, hoping that the teacher brings her inside. She's, she's going to make friends with the social studies teacher because Tegan Knox abandoned her to sit at the popular kids' table. Those popular kids being Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, and Candice LeRae. Now, you got Candice LeRae, who's trusted the wrong people before. In the sense that, you know, Io Shirai saw her coming a mile away. Made her look like a fool. You got Rhea Ripley, who's completely focused on only getting a shot at the NXT Women's Championship, regardless of who else wants it, making her a terrible team member. And then you got Mia Yim, who also is going to want that rematch. But I don't think Mia Yim realizes what she walked into. I think Mia Yim is thinking girl power, rah, 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 not realizing that the other three are terrible team players. So we'll see who Shayna Baszler picks. I was surprised to see that uh, uh, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir were not on the side of Shayna Baszler, but that could be smart. She's going to have the numbers advantage. She's going to have a four-person team as well as two on the outside watching their back. Not a bad way to enter the war games. Uh... NXT, of course, at Full Sail, 205 Live, now going to uh, come from Full Sail. 205 Live is now taped, uh, and 
I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be the dumbest thing in the world, I don't think, to start running it on Wednesday nights. But uh, forever, it's been taped after SmackDown. And it was running live on Friday nights uh, on the WWE Network after SmackDown. But you talk to any of the 205 Live guys, and they'll tell you that the building clears out. Everybody goes home after SmackDown. And nobody's there to watch 205 Live except for the people that are trying to stick around for the main event dark match. And they're sitting on their hands waiting for this thing. So I think ultimately it is an upgrade for the 205 Live guys. Uh, I think that it is a better environment for them. But I also think that, that they may need to figure out a ticket-buying method so that the same fans don't go to every single show. Because if the same fans go to every single show, I worry that they're going to start taking stuff for granted because they get to see it every single week. They get spoiled, spurled, if you will. Uh, I'm going to tell you the truth, and, and, and there are people who have asked about it. You know, I don't—so there's only so many hours in the day, and I've got a, I've got a very busy life. I do Jim Norton and Sam Roberts every day in the morning. I got to raise a family. I got to do the wrestling podcast. I do Sam Roberts now on YouTube. I got to populate the YouTube channel, which by the way, youtube.com slash not Sam. There's wrestling content up there now. This podcast goes up there right now. But if you click the podcast uh, on my YouTube page, YouTube slash not Sam, there's a link in the description of the podcast and it will send you to my secondary YouTube page. By the end of this calendar year, all wrestling content will be on the secondary YouTube page. So make sure, that link is also in my Instagram profile, instagram.com slash notsam. I don't even know if you can get there at .com, but Instagram at notsam. That link is there in the profile. So if you want to be subscribed, if you want to get updates every time I put up a wrestling video, you're going to need to be subscribed to the new YouTube channel because that's where all the wrestling videos are going in the future. But with all the stuff that I'm, I'm working on all the time, you know, we all have to make choices as to what we watch. And as far as wrestling goes, there's so much wrestling on. And also, I have a family. You know what I mean? My wife is sitting there going, like, we get one hour of TV time before I pass out. We're really going to watch wrestling? I go, yeah, of course we are. But <laughs> so, you know, I don't want I, – I watch everything WWE. I watch Raw, SmackDown, and NXT every week. Those are my three shows. Um Always watch Raw SmackDown NXT. I'm a WWE guy. I always have been a WWE guy. Never made a secret about it. And then I keep up to date with what else is going on. I keep up to date with AEW. I keep up to date with Impact. I keep up to date with NWA Power. I try to keep up to date with MLW. You know, I try to, New Japan even. I try to keep up to date with all of it. But for me, personally, my priority that I like is WWE. It's what I was raised with. It's what got me into wrestling. And it's just, that's my thing. Uh, Which is why so much more detail is put into the WWE stuff on this podcast than anything else. Um, But I will tell you a couple of things. Um, I've been loving the content that Impact has been putting up on the internet and stuff that they've been doing. You know, I talked about the RVD promo. I just think that they're differentiating themselves in a great way. They're adding edge to the product. And they're doing a lot of storytelling, which again, I'm a huge storytelling guy. So I think that's great. I'm, I'm super happy and very, I'm more optimistic about Impact Wrestling than I have been in a long time. And as far as AEW goes, uh, they've been putting on great shows, man. Uh, I thought, obviously, the Cody promo this week was classic, amazing. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you got to look it up. I, the, dude, the Jericho sketch was hilarious. Like, I kind of wanted to watch it and poo-poo it, and then I watched it, and I was like, this is this is hilarious, with uh, Soul Train Jones on there, my man Virgil, making his comeback to, to mainstream wrestling. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think that the Cody Jericho story going into full gear has been very, very well told. Um, the lights-out match between Omega and uh, Moxley, like I said last week, I love the way they did it with the closed office door. I think that's been very, very well told. I don't know what the hell was going on this week in that uh, Pac, uh, who Trent Beretta match with the referee just not counting to three. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I would hope that that's a a, a gimmick or something because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what was happening. It was almost like the referee was saying, "No, I was told there was going to be a submission finish," so I. So pretended I saw a kick out. It was really odd. It was crazy. Um, 
So I yeah, so I I didn't understand that. No, also it was weird that like people weren't making that big of a deal out of it. Like, oh, that happens. Like, what? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's nuts. Um. So yeah, and you got full gear this weekend uh, on AEW. Uh, like I said, those are the two main events. Young Bucks versus LAX is going to be great. Hangman Page versus Pac is going to be good. Uh, what do you got? Rio versus Emi Sakura. And I will say this. Whether you're a hater or not, the NXT women's division just destroys and crushes any other women's division anywhere. That's Raw, SmackDown, whatever you want to say. NXT women's division is where it's at. Uh, and then you got Joey Janela and Sean Spears and the triple threat or three-way for the AEW Tag Team Championship. SoCal, Uncensored, Lucha Brothers, and Private Party. I think Private Party should be the Tag Team Champions over there. Um, and then Joey Janela versus Sean Spears. I mean, I... I don't know if I, Sean Spears seems like he really needs a victory, but uh, Joey Janela is a buddy. I want to see Joey Janela succeed. I want to see Joey Janela on TV more too. So hopefully Joey Janela wins. But it's all exciting, man. There's a lot of great wrestling going on in this wacky, wacky world of ours. A lot of great wrestling. Uh, I told you guys uh, on the podcast that I'd be answering some questions. If you want to email these questions in, because they get lost on my Twitter account. So if you want to email these questions in, the email is notsamwrestling at gmail.com. That's notsamwrestling at gmail.com. And I am looking up um, a couple of questions that were sent uh, this week. Uh, let me just pull them up because I go to, uh, yes, I go to the, the Patreon questions first. Patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. Of course, the Not Sam Shells get every show ad-free and early, as well as video content, bonus shows, the whole deal. Patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling. One of uh, the NotSam shows, Benji, said, Hey, Sam, doubleheader question. Firstly, if you were asked to be a commentator on any WWE show, which one would you choose and who'd your accompanying announce team be? Secondly, if WWE were to have an actual pay-per-view overseas, which country do you think would be interesting? Um, From Melbourne, uh, look, I would like to say Australia because you're from Australia and I think that would be great. But I think the UK is the easy answer. I think England, you know, they did SummerSlam 92 there. I know the British fans are rabid for it. So I think England would be a really good spot to do a a, a traditional pay-per-view from. They're doing SmackDown for Manchester over there this week. Um, yeah, you know, I think it could be really interesting to do a pay-per-view in a country that we don't see uh, have shows at least televised that often. You know, I think India would be a really cool place to do a pay-per-view from. I think Mexico would be a really cool place for WWE to do a pay-per-view from. Um, and as far as a commentator, I mean, look, there's a lot of great people that I would love to work with in that capacity. Um, I, Michael Cole is the easy answer because he would just make everything a breeze because he's such a professional Obviously, I've been friends with Corey Graves for a long time. You know, I I think I would love to sit at a booth with McAfee because I would love to point out his idiocy. Everybody everybody is so uh, uh, in love with him at that booth that I think somebody needs to be there to keep him in check. So I'd love to be at a booth with McAfee. And then as far as the other, uh, as far as the color, uh, play-by-play guy goes, Probably either uh, Byron's actually really, really, really good. I love doing stuff with Byron on main event. Probably Tom Phillips or Michael Cole, I think. Probably Tom Phillips or Michael Cole. Um, and as far as what show, I mean, I don't. I love all three shows. I guess uh, I enjoy SmackDown a lot these days, so maybe SmackDown. Uh, Joey on Patreon says, Why doesn't Z Zelina Vega get championship opportunities? I guess she's Andrade's mouthpiece. And she's fun on the mic and has great stuff in the ring. She could do both. She could do both. Um, I think that the reason that she doesn't get championship opportunities is because she doesn't wrestle. So I think the real question is, why doesn't she wrestle more? And I think at some point, maybe she will. Um, but in the meantime, um, you know, I think that there's just such a priority on pushing her and Andrade together that, you know, they probably don't want to confuse people. They don't want people... You know, they want her to highlight Andrade, you know, and I think that I, I, Zelina Vega's talents are still, we're barely scratching the surface of. She is such a talented person, 
in the ring, on the mic, the whole thing. So, you know, I think she could be in WWE for a really, really long time. And I think uh, the, the, the sky's the limit with her. The sky's the limit. Uh, let's go to the email, notsamwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, Felipe, shouldn't Raw and NXT team up against SmackDown, USA Network versus Fox? I don't think so because, you know, NXT has the chip on their shoulder. NXT, you know, like Wade Keller uh, talks about on his podcast how he doesn't like the brand loyalty thing. And I get what he's saying, but NXT has always had brand loyalty to themselves. Like NXT has always acted like a unit together. So I don't think Raw and NXT should be teaming up, but I think the three should be doing battle, as I said. Uh, Sam says, with Survivor Series being Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, um, what beef could Raw and SmackDown even have with each other right now? I think we covered that today. Um, ZTW says, do you have any work available? No, Hot Dog takes it all. Um, and C. John says, uh, really enjoy your podcast and I listen to both shows uh, and I've seen you at Caroline's twice. I see, I, I appreciate that, man. The one thing keeping me from being a not Sam shill is the fact that you hardly cover AEW on your show these days. Clearly understand your position. You're in with WWE, but as the hurricane says, what's up with that? Yeah, that's all it is, man. I mean, you know, I don't want to do a half-assed job of covering AEW, and I watch every minute of the three major WWE shows. So that's really all it is, but if you want to join the not Sam shills, maybe I'll jump on after uh, full gear and do a... A bonus show for you guys or something over at Patreon. Something like that. Could be fun. Um, SmackDown uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, is headlined with Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns. A lot of people being critical of that. You know, I saw some pretty funny memes on the internet pointing out that before the NXT uh, run-in happened that we were supposed to get Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Um, Man, I think everything needs to be shaken up personally. I think this is a thought I had, okay? This is what I'm going to leave you on today. Follow with follow me on this, okay? I think what needs to happen is Baron Corbin needs to develop a king's court, right? Baron Corbin needs to develop a faction. And here's who I think should... The first person who should stand behind Baron Corbin is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns should full-on turn heel-heel not kind of heel, heel heel, and be Baron Corbin's second. There is no bigger heel move because if Roman Reigns just turned heel and was a big badass dude, people would still people would love it. They would cheer him. But if Roman Reigns turned heel and Baron Corbin was in charge, oh my God, the booze he would get. It would be perfect if he was doing Baron Corbin's bidding. And they come out and he go, you know, thank God for Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin showed me the light. When I look at Baron Corbin's Twitter, when I look at the way Baron Corbin reacts to the fans, when I look at the people in the locker room that are jealous of the opportunities that Baron Corbin continues to get, Baron Corbin has great match after great match after great match. Who do people congratulate? The people who Baron Corbin is competing against. I have great match after great match after great match. Who do people congratulate? The people I'm competing against. None of you have given me the respect that I deserve just like Baron Corbin. None of you have given me the credit I deserve, just like Baron Corbin. And King Corbin opened my eyes to this. King Corbin opened my eyes to the fact that you all have been taking me for granted. King Corbin opened my eyes to the fact that you simply don't appreciate me. So you know what? I don't appreciate you. And then you really get it. You go, my life almost ended. And you gave me one good night back. And that was it. If you don't need me, then I don't need you. Then the new day comes out. Hey, what's going on, Roman? Da 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 da. We don't like this. The power of positivity. Da 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 da. Next week on SmackDown, it's going to be Big E and Kofi Kingston, the new day, versus Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns. Fight, 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 fight. Big E is about to finish him off. Kofi Kingston goes for the, the one of his finishers, lays out Big E. Kofi Kingston turns heel. He said, what have you guys ever done for me? I lost the title to Brock Lesnar in one minute. You guys didn't have my back. You guys just wanted me to go back to throwing pancakes around. 
Screw that. I'm not here to throw pancakes around. I'm here to win championships. And Baron Corbin, King Corbin, he showed me that. Can you imagine a heel group consisting of Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns, and Kofi Kingston? I want Bar King Corbin's court, Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin, Kofi Kingston to just run roughshod over SmackDown. And then you have the opportunity to build new good guys. You have the opportunity to build Big E as a potential main event good guy. You know, people are going to be wanting that Kofi Kingston Big E match. You can do Baron Corbin Big E. You can do Roman Reigns Big E. And you can keep going down the list. You know, all of a sudden, The Fiend is able to... First of all, they're going to cheer The Fiend anyway. So eventually, The Fiend can come in to stop this faction. But... In the meantime, The Fiend can concentrate elsewhere. I think you can make Nakamura go back to being a good guy. You can turn Nakamura and 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 have him compete with them because these three bad guys will be so strong. Braun Strowman now has an entire heel faction to deal with. Ali has reason to move up the card. Cesaro has reason to move up the card. You know, this could be what your good guys look like even Sami Zayn Shorty G now has people he can work with Kofi Roman Baron Corbin faction top three heels on Smackdown and look you can turn Roman back to being a good guy in six months or a year I'm not saying this is forever I'm just saying for right now you want to get people watching a show you want to get people talking you take your two biggest good guys and you turn them heel and you pair them with Baron Corbin and you make Baron Corbin the leader. Boom. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. And you're sitting there going like, no, I would hate that. That's the point. Okay? If you would hate it and you would boo it, it's a good idea. I'm not usually wrong. That's why I'm the last professional broadcaster. The original show. Sam Roberts. Thank you all for being here on Not Sam Wrestling's Thursday, Not Sam Thursday podcast. We'll see you first thing Monday morning. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.